I'm curious. Did any of you have a chance to try these uh, alternative methods of doing walking meditation? No, lunch was too good. Okay. <laughs> I did. I tried it. You did? Yeah, actually, when I was hiking um, weekend, every weekend, mm-hmm. I tried to um, do whatever you were in truck. Mm-hmm. And in a fast pace. At a fast pace? Yeah, yeah. I tried to observe in my mind, try to keep the mental state in as much as possible in the present mm-hmm. state. Yeah. 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 And uh, how do you like that way of practicing? Well, um, it's different type of practicing. I mean, slow pace and fasting pace. Because the majority of our daily life is in a fast pace. Walking. Yes. Right. I mean, if you try to do very slowly, you gotta find some time and intentionally. Mm-hmm. But if you, you can apply the meditation, for example, in the morning exercise, walking, or mm-hmm. evening exercise, walking. I mean, in the same time you do the exercise and also you do the meditation. Yeah. That's and, uh, by, by time by the time you practice and practice and then you the progress to get more and more to the stage. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, is is it obvious how walking at different stages the emphasis is in some cases more on on skill and being able to. Uh, stay very focused and in others it's more being able to balance a, a, a very large variety of stimulus and information that's coming in at one time. So uh, it, the, uh, it, it's a great advantage having these different ways of practice because as you become you know, familiar with uh, your own practice and your mind and the way it responds to it, then you can, can Choose the way the practice uh, to pra- to practice which is best meeting your needs at the time right now. You need uh, to work on more of the, uh, uh, the the power of your mindful awareness, then you practice in one way. And if you need to enhance your ability to stay focused and concentrated, then you practice in another way. So uh, it's good to have you know it's like a toolbox. It's good to have a variety of different tools, not to try to do. Absolutely everything with a screwdriver. So, <laughs> so. I was wondering if any of the, anyone else has any comments about uh, walking meditation. Yes. So I did the more normal or more natural pace walking and trying to be in the present. Yeah. I've tried that before. It's just very hard not lose focus because mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm a walker and I always use my walks as, as yes. canvases to think about whatever. I think it's going to be a very hard habit to break. Mm-hmm. Yes, and, and you know, and uh, uh, as, as 
William brought up yesterday, and I was saying I, I, I used to uh, I used to first introduce people to walking meditation with that uh, walking more quickly and with a less centered focus, and I, I realized that actually you, you need a little bit of ex- experience and a little bit of skill first in staying focused because it is just it, it's so easy for your mind to just slip into the way that it usually is all over the place and everything, yeah. So. And, uh, of course, uh, what you can discover in the short periods of time we have to practice in just this uh, two and a half days or together, you know, I, I it, it's quite limited. So a lot of, a lot of this is, you know, I, I'm giving you things that I hope you'll have the opportunity to work with uh, uh, in regular daily practice and uh, explore them more fully and, and, and uh, uh, make some more extensive discoveries on your own. So it would be nice to have more time or to be able to meet together more regularly, but we have to do what we have to do, don't we? <laughs> Anyone else have any comments to, to make? Uh, maybe I have a comment. Okay. Um, this time, until now, this point, I, I just very appreciate, um, even though I attend retreat several times, and I practice that, and this is maybe is the first time I more uh, uh, systematic and organized from the beginning, you know, how to that, mm-hmm. and and, and um, give me the opportunity not just review but also learn from the first, you know, beginning and how how that. And uh, my practice and understanding has more kind of a built a little bit more solid, you mm-hmm. know, uh, realization and foundational or practice. Okay. And I feel very, very very good, you know, for this. This, I think uh, everyone, if uh, start to uh, practice, you know, if they have this, go mm-hmm. through this, will be help a lot. Help a lot. That's good. Yeah. Thank, Thank you. you. <laughs> Anyone else? Uh, as for me, <coughs> walking meditation just like uh, as as I work slowly, it seems like uh, I use my skin to touch the air, uh, just like praying with the air. Mm-hmm. That gives me a sensitive or pressure. Maybe not that strong, but it's it's uh, sensible. Mm-hmm. So I de- develop some sort of uh, listening or just want to uh, do nothing, just enjoy this sort of pressure. Uh, I don't want to do a job and <laughs> do anything else, just <laughs> enjoy this. But uh, that seems to be another problem because you cannot stay in this uh, uh, stay in this kind of state of mind or state of pressure forever. You have to 
do something else. You have to, to think about uh, many, many difficult things to, to solve. So, I hated to, hate to do something else. Just stay, stay here doing nothing. <laughs> That's right. If, if you, when you, when you really begin to discover just how pleasant it is just to be in the present moment, you know, it's an interesting kind of pun. You know, present moment, the pleasant moment. <laughs> but uh, when, you, when you discover just how how really joyful and happy and peaceful it is, you know then. Uh, uh, by contrast, you, you wonder what are we doing the rest of the time? You know, all of this, all, uh, sending our minds off in all these directions, chasing these uh, goals that seem so important. And, and, uh, but it seems like that's what we have to do. We're, we're this kind of being in this body in this world, so <laughs> we don't have any choice. But. Um, I, I, I hope you've all had some of that discovery of just how wonderfully pleasant it is to just completely be in the present. And the huge variety of sensation and experience. And, uh, and I invited you to begin to notice you know, what's pleasant and what's unpleasant, to really be more conscious aware, because we let so much of that just slip by. We, we, we don't realize. Uh, how much there is there. So I, I hope that those of you that took the time to do it were able to to experience that to some degree. Yes? When, when I walk, um, trying to stay in the present, it suggests to me that I don't think. In other words, I shut off my thought processes to the extent possible if I can't completely shut them off. Is there a role uh, of uh, walking and thinking, in other words, to use thought in certain ways while you're walking, or should we try to minimize our thinking completely uh, while we are walking? Well, well, very specifically, what uh, you know, the instruction I gave you, I, I didn't say to try to stop thinking, but what you realize, of course, is the vast majority of of your thinking is not in the present. You know, it's in the past and the future, and it's about things that are happening elsewhere. So uh, uh, the instruction leads you naturally to make that discovery. But at the same time, you don't need to try to stop thinking entirely, because, the, uh, you know, you can bring the thought processes to focus on the present moment as well. And, uh, and that's, that's well, well worth doing. Even, you know, when we say thinking, we're largely referring to the sort of uh, inner voice or the rising of images and things like that. But if we can just direct them to be on track with the present moment and the here and now, it's a, uh, that, that's a very enriching experience as well. Yes? Uh, from, from the lesson, from the lesson, lessons from mm -hmm. here, uh, Made me think about one one question that we we know we know the the our understanding about the things is is not the real is the the minds mm -hmm. created uh, so same same the direct 
same theory. It, the the understanding we experienced from the meditation in a different state stage is that also uh, um, I mean uh, <laughs> a creation of the mind. Uh, it, it everything that you experience is taking place in your mind. So in that sense, yes. Yeah, because because when I understand, because in different stage, mm-hmm. when I arrive in different stage, because I, you you use what we finish all the stage, so your understanding of the first stage or second stage, and with my understanding, maybe not different. So I think uh, the understanding is always changing. Yes, that's right. The, yeah, and and it's uh, it's the same way with the interpretation that our mind makes of other things in the world it's yeah. it's constantly in a process of revision and, and every new experience we have uh, revises the mental formations yeah, yeah. such that the next experience we have is, is altered because of it and that's uh, the same thing of course is taking place you know in the process of meditation uh, progressive refinement there but it's still, it, it's always, uh, it, it is an experience that is grounded entirely within the mind. And, uh, and uh, part of that is really important. When, you know, the, when you begin to experience great bodily pleasure, uh, joy, and happiness, and you realize that this is 100% totally coming from the mind itself, and by extrapolation, you realize that that all of your experiences where you thought that your pleasure and joy and happiness were coming from outside yourself, the same thing was happening. It was actually, it's actually coming from your mind, and that is that that liberates you, that frees you from from this uh, entrapment in the idea that that you are dependent for your happiness on the things that are outside of you, and that. You absolutely have to go out there and control and manipulate the world because how else are you going to make yourself happy and avoid suffering? And and so that's that's a really important part of the discovery is uh, is that the origins uh, of all of this are, are mental. So it's adding to that, refining that as you go along, it becomes just more and more obviously apparent. Yes. So a question that occurred to me uh, during the break: um, Are mindfulness and um, and uh, introspective awareness are those the same thing? Uh, the, uh, they are. Yes, they are. But <coughs> the uh, when we say mindfulness, we're translating the word sati, and. Uh, and although mindfulness is the most common way of translating it into English, uh, a little more cumbersome but more accurate uh, translation would be fully conscious awareness. Okay. Now, introspective awareness, it has to do with where that uh, mindfulness is directed. So when it's directed towards the things that you're experiencing them, and you're experiencing them with uh, great clarity and vividness, uh, then that sati, that mindfulness, is of 
the one sort. It's it's the object-oriented sati. And the introspective awareness is when it's refocused on what's taking place in the mind itself in the present moment. And the term for that in sati is, is or in Pali, is sati-sampajana. Sati-sampajana. And sampajana is usually translated as uh, clear understanding, which is accurate, but it's not at all uh, uh, clear what the actual meaning is. But it's the clear understanding that comes when mindfulness is focused on the experiential content of the present moment in terms of what's actually happening and, and the context in which it's happening. So like uh, <coughs> most of us have had this experience at work where we're just really engrossed in yes. some task mm-hmm. and the clock's going around and, right. and then, you know, all an hour's gone by. Mm-hmm. And I was struggling with, is that mindfulness? Because there was no introspective awareness. There. That's right. Yes, that is mindfulness. It's very focused mindfulness, but with no introspective awareness. All of that mindfulness is object-oriented. Mm-hmm. And, and there is, uh, time passes, even somebody comes in, they may have to call your name two or three times before you even, you know, hear them. So you're you're very absorbed, uh, but your mindfulness is is all focused in, in that objective mode, and not introspectively. So introspective awareness is like a subset. Yes, you could say it's like a, a subset, right, or an, an aspect, or. Uh, mindfulness facing this way instead of facing that way. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's sit together once again for a little while and uh, let's do a little, ex- little, little more exploration of the mind, okay? So make yourself as comfortable as you can. Settle in, loosen up, relax, let go. Did you have much mind wandering during that meditation? Yeah, you did. I should put the question differently. Did, did Did you notice any difference in the amount of mind wandering that, that as compared to when you usually meditated before? Maybe because it happened a lot that helped more dullness. You, a few times like that. Uh, you felt more dullness. Well, we are right after lunch, so. Yeah, after lunch, you're very prone to, to dullness. That's true. Uh, did you learn anything from that kind of exploration about uh, about your mind, about the nature of consciousness and awareness? Yes. I found it very interesting when you. Sound of the air conditioner versus the 
body and this discussion of Nama Rupa earlier became clear because uh, I noticed that my mind, when I was listening to the air conditioner, my mind formed a little construction of it's up there. Mm-hmm. Whereas when I was experiencing, I, you know, you would think that technically you should experience it. Okay. <laughs> the sound yeah. is here because that's where the direct, but because there was that subtle disconnect uh, of it being up there, it was Nama, whereas uh, direct perception of, of this, this felt more Rupa, this felt more direct perception, whereas this is kind of like more abstract. Yeah. So that, that, that became very, very clear in a subtle way. And also with regard to the, to, it's interesting that you mentioned focusing on the in-breath and the coolness because I've realized that uh, in my own perception, the, the coolness and the in-breath has a residue and, a, and the coolness tends to, to, to cling, to stay there a little longer and, and it sort of obscures the pause after it and the out-breath. That makes it, it sort of, it sort of covers it up in a way. It, 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 it remains, has a residue that remains afterwards. So you, by focusing in more specifically, you became aware of things that were always there, but you hadn't really quite grasped them. And anybody else that learned anything new or have any revelations as a result of that exploration? (coughs) Yes? Did you notice that when you went back to the sensations of the breath at the nose, how easy it was to focus in on them? When you went to some place that you weren't used to observing, like your hand, that it, it took a little period of time before you actually become aware of those sensations. So, uh, and did you notice too that when you tried to, when you were trying to pay attention to more than one thing at once, what happened to the quality of your perception of what you had been previously observing? Did, did you notice the way it, it diminished, it weakened? What about the fact when you directed your attention to explore the sensations of the body, did you realize that there's always a huge amount of sensation there, but when you focus on one thing, you're not conscious of it, but it's there nevertheless? Did, did that strike anyone? No? That when I ask you to uh, direct your attention to sensations in your body, you become aware of all these different sensations, 
that you weren't aware of when you were very much focused on the sensations of the breath. That when you focus on one thing, when you're when you're strongly conscious of one thing, you're weakly conscious of others and not conscious at all of, of others still, but they're there. And what about the sense of your attention, the, the mobility of your attention? It moves around like a telescope moving around, focusing on first this and then that, or a light shining first on this and on that and on another thing. And those qualities of when you're very narrowly focused or when you're very broadly focused. Well, I, I just wanted to I just wanted to help you become aware of some of those qualities and properties of consciousness and awareness. And the attention, the mobility of the attention and and uh, also you notice in all the things that we did the only thing we did was redirect the attention. We were always in the mode of the observer. We weren't making anything happen. That, that the only thing that you were controlling in any way or directing was the, the attention. You didn't make anything happen. Anyway, I, I, I hope that... Uh, help you to uh, discover a little bit more about the nature of your mind and consciousness and intention and even more so open a little more of a vista to the possibilities of what you can discover through meditation just the idea that oh yeah meditation isn't just this process of sitting there and doing nothing. It's a, it is a process of discovery, of learning, of investigation. And experimentation. Yes? I, I noticed too that, that direct focusing awareness on, uh, on a pain or discomfort can have the effect of just sort of dissolving it. Uh, yes. That. So, did anybody else notice that? If they directed your, when I asked you to direct your attention to an ache or pain, did you find that it dissolved? It doesn't always do that, but it often does. Yeah. As a matter of fact, uh, the more often you do that, the more often you, uh, you know, the the more likely it is that when you focus your attention on a pain, that it will just dissipate, disappear. Somebody, yes. This afternoon's meditation, I have a special feeling that I never had that before. I've been meditating for a while, and I've been pretty happy with it because, because I pretty much can direct where my mind, where my mind goes. And today, for this 30 minutes, I feel uncomfortable. I'm comfortable with my legs, and comfortable with everything. I just try to overcome that. But at the very last few minutes before you're gone, uh, I feel that my mind is kind of empty mm -hmm. and is waiting for me to leave. To, usually my mind's like trains, goes where
anywhere, because anywhere they mm -hmm. can just leave the train. And but this time, the, it seems like the train is sitting in the station waiting for me to jump off where I want to go. Interesting. What's that? Well, as with that, what I would say what that is, is if you think of your mind as all of these different processes with their, their different tasks and their different agendas, that what you're experiencing happening is that instead of, of them all insisting on going their own way, they came to this place of, of, of actually a, a kind of unification, a, a cooperation, collaboration. Okay, we're 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 all doing this together. So you know, and then there's that part of your mind that had been over the previous 20 minutes directing your attention one way, and then directing your attention another. You know, and and shaking and, and and this this pattern of one part of your mind directing what's happening with the rest of your mind. And so, that I I, th I think you experienced uh, some unification of what what we're talking about is unification of the mind, where these different mental processes just sort of coalesced into following a single direction and leadership. Does that seem like a description of what you experienced? It seems like it because usually I'm on the driver's seat and, and I, I can drive it to where I want. I want attention to this place. I want feel the energy. I'm on the driver's seat. Okay. It's the first time I feel that the, the train is waiting there for me to jump off. Oh, I, I see. So you're, you're used to being the director and the controller. Right. Right, okay. So, well, that's, uh, that's, that's good. That's interesting that, that you have this experience of just letting go of that need to always be in charge. when you were splitting uh, attention. Mm -hmm. So we were focusing on the nose and then we'd add in an area of the body and then mm -hmm. we'd add in another area of the body. Mm -hmm. And as that happened, I noticed I lost uh, attention. In other words, I only seemed to be able to focus on one area at a time. I couldn't focus on three streams at once uh, of attention or four streams of attention at once. It seemed to just focus on one. So how could you uh, increase the attention so that you can pull in, so you can be aware of three or four or five areas simultaneously? Uh, just, just by doing it, just by practicing doing it, by taking one area and then gradually expanding it, you know, as, you, as you're comfortable with doing that. And as we were talking about earlier before the lunch break, you can come to the place of, you know, uh, actually uh, exp experiencing the breath in your entire body simultaneously and uh, surprisingly enough you can do that with very very nearly the same degree of uh, clarity and intensity that uh, earlier on you were only able to do in a single localized area but that's how you get there it's just just by gradually expanding the scope of your awareness and still trying to maintain uh, as much vividness and uh, intensity as you can. Question, um, back to Tai Chi's question. Mm -hmm. um, 
he said he previously he's always on the driver's seat, mm -hmm. directing the the south to wherever he want to go. And then uh, last few minutes, he has the experience of the twenty sixteen there, mm -hmm. sitting there, and then not like previously he directed the train go this way, go this way. I think that's the right way, right? The train is sitting there, it's emptiness. Mm -hmm. I mean, you don't do anything. You you, you just let it be the present. You yeah, you, you do right. need to get to that place of not need to be not needing to be. You don't need to drive, right? In control uh, and not driving. Yeah. And uh, and for some for some of us it's, it's very difficult to do. We just we are so used to uh, being in control, and it's actually it actually can be uh, frightening to give that up. But it's uh, it's wonderful when it happens just naturally that you just let go of that need to have to be in charge. You uh, know, and I didn't ask you, but. Uh, in, in that last few minutes before the meditation, uh, after all of that activity and then coming into a very settled and relaxed way, what I would have expected most of you to experience is the last part of the meditation would have been very peaceful and, and very easy and, and very, very relaxing. And uh, is, is that how you experience the, you know, not being in charge and the train is just waiting. And it's the first time that I think my mind is totally empty, mm -hmm. and and I can. It's, it's sort of because usually empty, you want to drive it to somewhere you want to direct your mind. To yeah. And this time that I know that the train is there, I can jump in the train. Don't can stay there. Mm -hmm. Usually I jump to the train and just go. Uh, this just few minutes that I feel I feel emptiness, but then nothing lead my mind to anywhere. Because okay. usually it's your mind just go. Okay. Would so? Would you describe that as just sort of a contentedness, a peacefulness, a yeah. no no need to do it? Yeah. Very, very contented. Okay. Yeah. You feel the train quitting. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's there if you want it, but you don't. You don't need it. You don't need to go anywhere. You don't need to do anything. Very good. Yeah. Probably once you find a different designation other than emptiness to describe it. Yeah. Uh, well, yes, because uh, of the way that <laughs> the way that the, the word emptiness is usually used. But at the same time, we probably could all understand what he meant quite well. Yeah, right. The, the, the the absence of of any sort of uh, need to go or be or do or change or, or anything. It's just, yeah. Anyone else have any comments or anything? Yes. Um, previously, when I practice meditation, I. I only do one area, like uh, I'm observing the sensation of breathing, or I'm observing the sensation of my foot, my leg, mm -hmm. or entire leg, yeah. my, my palm, or my skin, or my, my hand, or yeah. entire hand. And this is the first time I do the multitasking. 
uh, in the same time I observing folks on the breathing and also the and the chest and the shoulder and the hand. And then when I get back to just focus on the breathing, it's much more easy and much more sharp and focused yes. and more powerful into the continuous Yes. Yes, that, and that's. Uh, hopefully, a number of those of you experienced that as well. That when you came back to focus, it was much more intense and, and, and strong and clear and stable. Um, and and this is a. This is a practice that you can do. Often, a good way to do it is to start with just the awareness of the sensations of the rise and fall of the abdomen. And then you can gradually expand that to include your chest and your shoulders, even your arms, you know, as much as you want. And stay there experiencing that much larger scope of awareness for, uh, for some period of time. And then after you've done that, bring the focus back to the tip of your nose and, and just notice how clear and stable and uh, how many fewer distracting thoughts and other awarenesses that there are. Which is another thing that I was wondering. Like, uh, just, did any of you in the process of that, of exploring sensations in different areas, notice any significant decrease in the amount of background thinking or, or the little voice talking in your mind and so forth? Was, was that something that you noticed? Um, if you usually it is something that you will discover is that the larger the scope of what you're trying to take in at one time the it, it, it doesn't leave over much conscious capacity to be attending to other thoughts and, and other distractions and so they will tend to diminish and, and die away so you may not have noticed it this time but if you if you continue uh, from time to time doing this sort of practice, then that's one of the things that you'll notice. In terms to in, in terms of how to incorporate this into your practice, really, it's when when you are having a meditation that corresponds more to the fifth or sixth stage of the practice is when you want to start experimenting with being aware of larger body areas at the same time and trying to follow the breath in these larger areas. When you start doing that kind of exploration, also what you're likely to discover is that there are sensations related to the breath that you can detect uh, not just in your torso and your chest and your shoulders, but even in your hands and your toes, your fingertips, your know your scalp and things like that you'll begin to have the sensation of the entire body breathing and when that starts to become clear that's that's a very good thing to meditate on is yes it's a possible to be sore inside I feel like I'm, I, I just did I asked everyone else alone I felt kind of sore inside sore inside yeah almost like Pilates Know, like uh, from stretching and stuff like that, and then it went away. Well, if you felt that way, then it's possible. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just curious. Yeah. 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 Ye
I'm, I'm sorry. I'm not. I'm not trying to to be facetious. Um, it, it's not a particular sensation that that brings a bell with me. But you know, I one of the things that we find is that it, people have such a tremendous variety of different sorts of bodily sensations that will arise during meditation that that it's not it's it's not at all unusual for somebody to mention one that I haven't encountered before. So it, 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 it unusual bodily by sensations in meditation are really common. But we all have different ones. So personally I haven't felt something that I think I would describe as being sore inside, but I probably felt a lot of other things that you probably haven't, so it's, it's kind of a normal thing. Yes? Uh, the, the, uh, the, the, the guy did a, a meditate, and uh, I observed several things. But one thing I want to mention here is uh, more impressed to me is that when I try to pay attention uh, for different sensation uh, through the mind, mm-hmm. I feel that uh, um, just like uh, 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 Dr. Julius in, the, in his class mentioned that it's kind of, uh, you know, you find that you, you use a lot of energy. Mm-hmm. And, and those energy, and you kind of, uh, energy here and here, they all, and, and, and kind of uh, uh, stretch for the energy and through the mind. Okay, it sounds like uh, everything is not uh, clear in some way, but not clear mm-hmm. in, in the, just compared with the one. Okay, but I think more in, in, uh, impressed to me is that through that uh, meditate, I also can compare uh, if I pay attention for things, not through the mind, just just the last part you say the mind, uh, very relaxed and, and, and hold back and, and uh, you know, just observe, not, 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 now say the mind think that it's a task, need to do, okay? At that time, the mind can be totally get to the, like a background and allow the body do whatever the things the body can do. At that point, you know, I feel like a, is much sharper and clear compared I want to use mine to observe. You know, when when I, I, I'm not purpose deliver want to use the mind to that and put the mind back. Maybe just like the gentleman mentioned that, you know, put a uh, you know, now drive the mind to go that and, and in contrary that everything become even present and sharper. You know, the domestic sensation or anything. And that is also a question, you know, to the daily life. Uh, um, I so be used to uh, programming, say that, use the mind to be multitasking and, and planning and, and, and leading for anything, you know, it's mine. But this, this time I, I, I experience again, without that minds, you know, putting the, uh, the, the task or, 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 or duty. In fact, just the things become even even more profound than, 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 than you deliver you want to use the mind. Yes. So that's given me 
the other uh, kind of reminding and experience mm -hmm. for, for that contrary for that. Thank you for that observation. Yes. I don't know. Yeah, the first time uh, I feel like the daydreaming because you know my my body is a shift than the right hand side. And when you lead us, when your voice come out, and uh, I really like awake, and I just follow your leads. Mm -hmm. And uh, afterwards, I didn't hear any air conditioning sounds, just mm -hmm. your voice. Mm -hmm. and really awaken. So that time I feel, I don't know, it's hot. I feel so hot, sweaty. Uh -huh. I don't know why. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> I put a blanket out. It's mm -hmm. not possible. Yeah. It's energy rise or what happens. And my, I totally don't want to stop when you say, you know, when you come up and mm -hmm. uh, you say, okay, last minute. I don't want to stop. Mm -hmm. I want to stay still. I can mm -hmm. stay still that time. Yes. That's what's happening. Yes. Yes. I say I want, I want to stay in that time. You say it's peaceful, relaxed, but I feel hot. I don't know. That's peaceful or different things come out. So, yeah. So, once again, as, as I was saying to her, we, we have these strange bodily sensations, like feeling hot, you know, and, and that's actually one that's very common. Uh, to to feel that energy rise and then uh, and then to feel the hotness, but to also be associated with the mind being very focused and just wanting to stay, wanting into the, to stay in that place of, of yeah. focus is. What I say like uh, hypnosis, like I'm totally awake. Mm -hmm. I just hear your voice, yes. nothing else. You know, I don't know <laughs> what that happens. I just stay here, feel so comfortable. Mm -hmm. I don't want to come out. <laughs> yeah. so. Well, now is an opportunity for, uh, we'll have a little break, and then as we did yesterday, there are uh, three 30-minute sessions for you to practice sitting and walking and then sitting again on your own. So you have, I've, I've given you so much stuff to work with. You're going to have to be very selective. You're going to have to choose. And, and I would say, uh, take, take the simpler practices uh, preferentially, but you know, decide for yourself what you want to work with. With the sitting practice, uh, primarily you, you just want to you know, recognize the stage that you're at, whether it's the second or the third or the fourth or the fifth stage, whatever it happens to be, and do the practice according to where you find yourself there. Now, if you do, if you do feel like that you're in definitely in the fifth or sixth stage, then you might want to experiment with practicing with uh, being aware of larger body areas simultaneously, and perhaps seeing if you can work your way up to being. Uh, to experiencing the whole body with the breath, but uh, for the most part, just just do the basic practice according to where you are, and just see how much how much progress you can make with it. Okay, over the next hour and a half, but we'll take a break first. So we'll we'll start the first session in a, about ten minutes. Okay. <coughs>